if you had fought like a man, you needed to be hanged like a dog. And Bonnie. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violin Vice. My name's Audie Griffith. Hello, I'm John John. And if you guys could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe button, give us five stars and leave a review, that would be much, much appreciated. And if you guys have any true crime stories or creepy ghost stories that you would like to be read on air, please email us at violinvice at gmail.com. And are you guys ready to get into today's topic? I mean, I am but that's because I knew it was coming. Yeah. So this lady, I actually found while researching another topic, and I just went down this huge rabbit hole, and she is quite the badass, let me tell you. Her name is Grace O'Malley, and she is an Irish pirate queen. Oh. Yeah. So let's dig into it. Okie doke. All right, so Grace O'Malley was born in 1530. She was the daughter of Egohan Dubardahar O'Malley and Margaret Nee O'Malley. And she was... <laughs> the pronunciations are going to be all over the place this episode. Well, it's, it's a Gaelic language, so even if it's spelled in English, it's not pronounced that way. No. It's like French's weird cousin. Yeah, so please... <laughs> Please forgive me for my pronunciations. I'm trying my best. So she was born in 1530 in Amunhal, Connacht, Ireland. She was commonly known as Grainy Mahal. In Irish folklore, she is a well-known historical figure in the 16th century Irish history. Her name was rendered in contemporary English documents in various ways, including Granny O'Malley, Granny O'Malley, Granny Nemalley, Granny O'Malley, Grayan Nemal, Granny Nemal, Granny O'Malley, and Granny O'Malley. So there's a lot of ways to say her name, but I'm going to just refer to her as Grace O'Malley. That's probably best. Yep. So she was born when King Henry VIII was king of England and held the title of Lord of Ireland. Under the current policies under his reign, the English government at the time was kind of semi-autonomous with the Irish princes and lords, and they were pretty much left to their own devices. However, this was going to change when his children took over in England, and this affected the O'Malley's life at the Tudor conquest of Ireland during that time. So they were part of England, but weren't really, like, controlled by them? They were independent during King Henry VIII. They were just sort of left to their own devices, as long as they didn't uh, cause too much trouble. Okay. So, like, each one said, like, oh, I'm prince or king of this section of Ireland, or whatnot. Hmm. Okie doke. Yep. So... 
Egan Dubrahar O'Malley, her father, and his family were based in the Clue Bay in County Mayo. He was lord of the O'Malley dynasty and ruler of Umal, descended from Mali McConnell. The O'Malley, or the O'Malleys, were one of the seafaring families of the Connacht, and they built a row of castles facing the sea to pr- protect their territory. They controlled most of what is now known as the Barony of Mursk in southwest County Mayo and are recognized as nominal overlords of the Mac Uliam Lochter branch of the Burks, who controlled much of what is now County Mayo. The Burks, or the De Burka, were originally Anglo-Norman, but the Nimali's lifetime, they were completely Gallicized. Her mother, Margaret, or Maeve, was also a Nimali, although she was the only child of Dubrahadar and his wife, O'Malley. They had a half-brother called Donal, now Piopa, the son of her father. So, Grace had a half-brother. Okay. Just kind of summing that up. That was a lot of names and a lot of pronunciations yeah. that I completely butchered. So, this is fun. But, no, it's just like I'm trying to piece together where the words actually separated because oh boy i do not envy you with this one no but (laughs) she is such a phenomenal character like i can't wait to get into all of her stories but let's do it yeah but basically just know if her family is descended from a long line she has a half brother and two parents currently okay And if one thing can be said about Grace O'Malley's early life, then it was her incredible love for the sea. As a daughter of the wealthy nobleman and merchant Owen O'Malley, which is the abbreviation of what I said before, she spent most of the time with her father on his fleet. Although the family originally wanted her to remain on land to receive a higher education and become a lady, Grace insisted on becoming a sailor. As the legend goes, she heard that she could not accompany her father on his journey to Spain, so she cut her hair, dressed as a boy, and tried to board the ship on her own. Upon discovering her attempt, her entire family laughed and gave her the nickname Grainy Mehol, which remains as a name that she goes by currently. Other legends tell that she accompanied her father on his journeys since a very young age and has even managed to save his life during one of the pirate attacks when she jumped from a sail riggings on the back of the pirate who was about to kill her father and saved him. She attended many voyages with her father and was a great sailor, better than most upon learning her family trade. She was so good that although typically during this period sons would inherit, they're basically the high positions like king, prince, whatnot, mm-hmm. though Amalia's, she was considered to be the legal retainer of the family land and the seafaring activities. Hmm. So she proved herself worthy and over her half-brother. So, like, she was so good they had to give it to her. Yeah. Good for them. When O'Malley's father died, she became the queen of her clan, and she knew how to navigate local political world of the clans and chieftains by forging strategic alliances through her strategic marriages. Hmm. So, going on to marriages, Grace was married in 1546 to Donald Clahan of Flattenharte. I 
I, I, that's the best I could do on that. Sorry. Um, Good enough. Or the heir to the O'Flattenbrotter, Harry, or O'Flattery title, which would have been a good political match for the daughter of the O'Malley chieftain. As the Flattenharbra dynasty, dynasty, Donald and, er, Donald had expectations one day of ruling the Eyre Connacht, the area roughly equivalent to the modern Connemara. She bore three children with him during the marriage to Donal. And these children are Egohen or Owen, the eldest child, who is known to be kind and forgiving. Sir Richard Bingham tricked him, however, and Owen was murdered as a result. And the Bingham and his troops took over the castle that Owen had during his death. And mm. the second child was named Maeve. Said to be much like her mother, she married Richard Demir, or his nickname was the Devil's Hook, with whom she had several children. Grace was supposedly very close to her during this, saving her more than one time from death. And then the third child was Merchanda or Murrow. Murrow was said to take after his father. He enjoyed warfare. He often beat his sister Maeve and refused to listen to his mother because of her gender. Many sources report that he betrayed his family and joined forces with Sir Richard Bingham after the murder of Owen. When O'Malley heard of this, she swore she would never speak to Murrow again for the rest of her life, though she would often insult him. After Donald Chogan's death, O'Malley left Connacht and returned to the O'Malley territory, taking with her the O'Flaherty followers. So... Basically, all of Donald's men, uh, Grace mm. took with him. Basically, she inherited all the troops and castles and the strategic warfare that O'Donnell had. Okay. And in 1565, Donald was killed in an ambush while hunting in the hills surrounding the Lower Corrib. This was undoubtedly part of Donald's wider struggle with the Joyces for control of Hen's Castle. So this is during a clan dispute. Okay. Grace returned to her own lands, like I said, and established principal re- residence on the Clare Island, now known as Granule's Castle. She allegedly took a ship direct sailor as her lo- lover during this time, though the affair lasted briefly until he was killed by the McMahons of Belvoy. Seeking vengeance, Grace then attacked the McMahon Castle of Dunna in Blacksod Bay and killed her love lovers murderers on Kerhar Island. Her attack on Duna Castle earned her the nickname Dark Lady of Duna. Hmm. Yeah, so she she is, has a fiery temper and well, you know, take vengeance as like proven with her child and obviously avenging her one-time lover. Yeah. But like so her husband died. Yep. Her son was killed. Her youngest son betrayed almost everything with her family. Yep. And she was getting attacked from, like, on all sides. Yep. But she still came out as freaking queen and was very, very successful. Oh. Yeah. So, moving kind of right along in the history timeline... In 1566, Grace O'Malley got married to Richard Burke, whose family were the overlords of the entire county of Mayo. 
They had one child together, Tibbet Burke, and Grace briefly divorced Richard after just a year of marriage, but reconciled, and they remained together until her death. But during the divorce, she basically got all of his men. Hmm. So, at the height of her power, she had hundreds of men and numerous ships at her disposal, as well as multiple castles and a large amount of land. And from Rockford Fleet Castle and Turkey on Clare Island, Grace would launch her galleys and board any ships that passed through the mouth of Clue Bay and demanded levies in return for safe passage through the Galloway town in the south. So really just pirating ships that would pass by. Like merchant ships or just like enemy ships or just any ship that got through, right? Any ship that got through. So basically all on pirate. Okay. Yeah. So stories of her courage and seafaring skills have been passed down through Irish poems and folklore. In one account, a Turkish corsair is said to have attacked her ship the day after she had given birth to her son, Tibbet. As the Turks boarded, she jumped out of her bed and stormed onto deck armed with two blunder blunder blunderbusses, which I think are like guns. The blunderbuss? Yeah. Yeah, those are essentially old pirate shotguns. Yeah. So she was wielding two of these right after she gave birth. And the bewildered Turks stopped fighting and she yelled, take this load from the unconsecrated hands before firing both of her weapons and killing the officers. The rest of the Turks were dismayed by the loss of their officers and O'Malley easily captured their ship. But her most remarkable story began when Elizabeth I came into power in 1558. And Elizabeth wanted to increase English control in Ireland, and thus blows came to Grace O'Malley. Hmm. Queen versus queen. Yes. And oh my gosh, this is so cool. So, a little bit of background. The O'Malley clan was one of the few clans that resisted Elizabeth, while English ships fell foul of the O'Malley's pirating and prowess. 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 Thank you. There you go. As the numerous bays along the Irish coastline made it perfect for launching surprise attacks against the unsuspecting English. By March of 1574, the English had had enough. They sent ships and an army of men to attack O'Malley's home base at Rockfleet Castle. But within weeks, she had repelled them into a humiliating retreat. However, Grace O'Malley met her match in Sir Richard Bingham after he was appointed the new governor of the area in 1584. So if you remember what happened to her oldest and youngest son, this is yeah. this is where this comes into play. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bingham's brother killed O'Malley's oldest son while Bingham imprisoned her youngest. Then he took control of her stronghold, Rockfleet Castle, and confiscated her lands, cattle, and fleet. He had brought O'Malley basically to her knees. Seemingly with no way out, O'Malley did something remarkable. In the spring of 1593, she swapped seafaring tactics for her skill in diplomacy by seeking an audience with Queen Elizabeth I. Mm. So she was losing a lot of her men, basically all of her land, all of her cattle, essentially all of her wealth, and she saw no way out, so she wanted to 
use diplomacy to kind of gain back what she had. Yeah. So, the dude came in, killed her son, prisoned the other one, took all of her land, essentially conscripted all of her troops, and then essentially cut her off from her whole livelihood, correct? Basically, yes. Yeah, that's a desperate situation. Yep, but she remained calm and kept a cool head on her shoulders. But she's probably really angry. Probably, but she didn't let it show. Grace O'Malley was, like many of the Gaelic leaders of the day, a thorn in Elizabeth's side. While Elizabeth wanted to establish herself as absolute ruler, Queen of Ireland, Grace would have seen herself as an independent queen within her territories west of Ireland. Not only was it humiliating for Grace to seek Elizabeth's aid, it was very dangerous. Grace risked being thrown in prison and executed for traitorous activities. Grace was effectively at war with Richard Bingham, English governor in Ireland, and was known in England as a pirate and a traitor. However, when Grace arrived in London, July 1593, Elizabeth did agree to meet with her. Elizabeth's motives were not really recorded. She may have been simply thinking it pragmatically that it was cheaper to make allies with the Gaelic leaders than to keep fighting them. However, it does also seem that she was likely fascinated by this Irish queen, the only other female military military leader in Europe at the time. When Grace was brought before Elizabeth, she shook and shocked the courtiers when she did not bow. Grace acted as one queen meeting another. Elizabeth offered to confer the title of Countess on Grace, but Grace refused the offer, saying that the title could not be conferred from one equal to another. This may have been purely Irish pride, but perhaps also a ploy to refute the charges of treason. If she were an independent queen rather than a subject, then she could not be guilty of treason. If Elizabeth decided to treat Grace as a rebellious subject, then she could have the pirate queen sent immediately to the Tower of London for execution. Yet, if Grace was nervous, she didn't really show it. Irish legend says that when Grace sneezed, she was presented a silk handkerchief during this meeting. Having it once used, she promptly threw it in the fire. This shocked a lot of the angry courtiers, explained that, you know, this was an expensive gift from the queen and should be kept safe. But Grace Mm -hmm. told them in Ireland, a used handkerchief is always thrown away. Hence the early early invention of Kleenex. You know... That that's a fair point. I mean, you keep that around, you're gonna get sick, and that kind of shows. They were hygienic. Yes. Smart. Good work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, despite or perhaps because of Grace's demeanor, Elizabeth seemed to have been very taken with the pirate queen. The two women retired in private conversation, and Grace related many tales of her own daring exploits, as well as her grievances against Bringham. They did all this conversing in Latin, because Elizabeth didn't speak Gaelic, and I don't believe Grace spoke English, from what I read. Well, Latin was more of a universal language in Europe. Yes. Aside from that, it would have been French, but the English hate france with that whole like clashing constantly kind of thing so that was probably more of a diplomatic choice instead of french yes and you know she might have spoke english but everything says that they conversed 
uh, in Latin so that both of them could understand each other. So I'm just assuming that she only spoke Gaelic and Latin. Well, that makes sense. Yep. So surprisingly, after this personal meeting, Elizabeth did forgive all of Grace's previous rebellious activities and granted everything that generally that she asked for. Her family was pardoned from all charges of treason. Bingham was called off, and Grace was confirmed in the possession of her ancestral lands. Grace O'Malley returned to the life of leadership and piracy on the west of Ireland, and is remembered as one of the last great leaders of the Gaelic Ireland. In a life full of adventure and risk, the meeting of Grace O'Malley and Elizabeth still stands as Granule's greatest gamble and her greatest success. Hmm. So she was just... Okay, okay. Elizabeth said that she could have her lands and title back, or at least be formally recognized by England. Yep. So she had that. She got all of her stuff back. And she still remained independent from England. And she kept on being a pirate afterwards, too? Yep. Still a pirate queen. (laughs) Just like, thanks, I'm going to go back to doing what I was always doing. Yep. And Elizabeth held respect for her. Because, like, it was so not common at the time for another monarch not to bow to Elizabeth. So, and, like, even one that Elizabeth was kind of conquering. Yeah. So it was really, really, like, a brave tactic not to. But Elizabeth had respect for her for being so brave. Yeah. But, like, okay, I'm thinking about this as, like, a strategic point from Elizabeth. Like, that's where my mindset is. There is this pirate queen who is infamous among most of Europe on the west side of Ireland, which is essentially England's weak side. So if anybody would sail their armies from the west side to come in and conquer England, they'd first have to get through Grace. And Grace was a very successful pirate. right? And thus, if they tried that, they would essentially be at the very least severely weakened. So by having her as an ally, she's protecting the west side of England. So she could focus more on the east side, which is the biggest threat. So I can kind of see why Elizabeth would be okay with this. Yeah, Elizabeth wanted to gain the most lands, and they had conquered a lot of the east side already. Yeah, and with the other side already pretty much protected, because Grace didn't want to lose any of her stuff, and it'd have to go through there. England was essentially covered on the safe side with that alliance. Well, Not it, a bad call. It wasn't technically an alliance because she still pirated a lot of English ships that went through her area. Yeah, but they should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right on that. <laughs> just like well if you want to risk it go ahead but you you know who's over there it's just yep yeah so besides this meeting she had another famous kind of journey that kind of created a rule i guess for some camp castles today 
Okay. So her exploits at sea created several folk tales and legendary exploits that are still told in Ireland today. Around 1576, so a bit before meeting Elizabeth, O'Malley sailed to Howth Castle to visit Lord Howth only to find that Lord Health was away and the gates at the castle were closed to her or any other visitor. Feeling insulted, she then kidnapped the Lord Health's grandson and heir, Christopher St. Lawrence, the 10th Baron Health. He was eventually released under the promise that the Health castle doors will always remain open to unexpected visitors with a place for them ready at the table. Lord Health promised to uphold this agreement that is even still honored today by his descendants. So having a castle or a place of refuge to always be open and then to always have a seat at a table for a guest is kind of one of the traditions that are passed Mm. down in Ireland today. Okay. So that was just a quick little one that I didn't really know where to fit in, but it was, I thought, kind of funny. Yeah. But, it's like, you're not open, but we're here. And this is let insulting. In or, yeah. Let us in or we take your grandkid. And they didn't get in. So then they Took sneaked the in and kidnapped the grandkid. Yep. Hmm. I mean, hmm. she just was badass. She got her way on a lot of stuff. Well, there wasn't a whole lot that could stop her. No. So, I don't know. Sounds like a folk hero to me. Yeah. During the entire 70 years of her life, Grace O'Malley managed to retain the reputation of a fierce leader and a smart politician. She successfully protected the independence of her lands during the time when much of Ireland fell under English rule. She finally died in the the Rock Fleet Castle in 1603, the same year as Queen Elizabeth I in England. To this day, Grace O'Malley is used as a personification of Ireland, an inspiration for many modern songs, theater productions, books, and a name for a wide variety of sea vessels and public options and places. Hmm. Oh, public objects. I said options. My bad. That's okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so she was basically, like, a really cool pirate that, you know, didn't take no for an answer and kind of snuck on a ship. I almost think Elizabeth was kind, and Pirates of the Caribbean was somewhat based on her with, you know, changing genders, going after Will, like, with the second, in the second movie. Yeah. There's a lot of ties that were very similar. Yeah. I mean, granted, Elizabeth was English and Grace is Irish. Yep. But I mean, I mean, sailing is one of like one of Irish's like main staple of their culture. So, a famous pirate captain who is a woman would, of course, be a folk hero that's just regarded as legendary with that. I mean, if she stood out among all of the sailors that were part of all of Irish history, that that alone would make them important, let alone being one of the only women to do it. So, so that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And just being a pirate queen and like a literal queen, mm-hmm. she, she did a great, 
like many things and like protecting your lands and making sure her presence was known and actually being mutually respected by Queen Elizabeth. Heck, mm-hmm. um, Mary Queen of Scots, Elizabeth's cousin, was less respected than yeah. Grace was. Yeah. Most people have heard of her, though. And... That's because... Well, mostly that whole Bloody Mary thing, because... Bloody Mary yeah. was actually Mary uh, Elizabeth the first older sister. Mary Queen of Scots is a different queen. Oh, well, that's my bad. No, no worries. That's okay. But um, I just thought it was cool, and maybe that's because there was less sort of drama dealing with Grace and Elizabeth than Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth. Cause... Well, they're on the mainland, so. Yeah, and there is a bunch of assassinations dealing with them and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, granted, it's kind of vile kidnapping children, but I understand the methods because that is what was done back then. But yeah. I I think that she was pretty cool. Well, what are your thoughts on Grace O'Malley? Well, the pirating type thing is... Like, that's not exactly uncommon around that period. I mean, most hired corsairs or privateers, but to be a straight-up just pirate is, like, where everybody, like, agrees where she's not actually doing this on the behalf of a certain country except for her own well-being. Straight pirate. Mm-hmm. Where corsairs are essentially military pirates and privateers are essentially bought off pirates like they won't touch these certain ships but they'll attack these ones more often but anyone going through grace's territory was getting attacked regardless so no real like loyalty to any specific empire nation or anything except for her own yeah so that's kind of cool yeah, and not to mention while well, she was like fending off the English, she also had to uh, fend off clan disputes around surrounding her clan area too. So she was at war with like all sides around her, mm. but she still managed it all with grace, pun intended. Ha. But yeah, I just think she was really really cool, and like you were saying a bit before, like for example, Sir Walter Raleigh was a pirateer of England working Mm -hmm. and bought off by queen elizabeth so that is an example of a pirateer yeah i mean like she i obviously like ireland was pretty chaotic lots of small territories and everyone's just kind of doing a power grab for their own clan's sake which was a pretty common occurrence throughout all of europe so, in that regard, that seemed pretty normal for the situation, but still stressful. And then, essentially, taking to the sea was a little bit more of a step than most other clan leaders and chieftains, queens, princes, lords tended to take. And like, most of them just stayed in their castle the whole time and just directed from there, but she actually could sail. So, that's... That, that also is a big difference between most 
royalty or lordship because I doubt Elizabeth ever did any of like the sailing work herself when she traveled. But no. Grace knew what she was doing, so that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. And just to kind of put in perspective of my last comment, Sir Walter Raleigh, he was kind of pirating and like in charge of the Desmond rebellions, which were more on the east side of Ireland, and he put those kind of to bed. But he didn't do really anything with Grace O'Malley. No, he knew better. Yeah. <laughs> but he was on the other side, and he did like invade Ireland and all that. So just uh... so sort of like England's guard dog on that side. Well, yeah, he also did a bunch of stuff in the Americas too, and he's the one that brought tobacco to England and all this stuff. But I'm going down another rabbit hole here, getting into him. But he was. No, it was. It's a crazy time. Lots of new things. Lots of exciting things. Yeah. So. He was also, and I know I'm getting off topic here, but he was a spy and a whole bunch of stuff for Queen Elizabeth and also rumored to be one of the Knight Brothers, but that's a conspiracy sort of. So, or, yeah, he was well, we a pretty could, cool guy. Yeah, I mean, if that's something that interests you, whoever's listening, let us know. We might go into that at some other point. Who knows? Yeah, and I know this week is a little bit of a shorter episode, but Grace was just such a cool person, and she's only been done by, I believe, the History Chicks were the only other podcast on her, but I really wanted to share her story because I just thought she was, like, the coolest person ever. Well, I don't know about the coolest person ever, but certainly at that time, she was in the top ten of cool people, at least in Europe. There's... There could be cooler people, but some of them probably weren't recorded in history because they weren't nobles. There's lots of cool people everywhere, but some of them aren't famous, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. But still, nice choice. That's a pretty cool person. I'm glad I knew that now. Yeah, and I mean, since we're like a quarter Irish, I thought it was kind of cool to do something (laughs) from Ireland. Though, I mean, you wouldn't tell it by our horrible horrible pronunciations but that's okay you know just two country bumpkins from wisconsin trying to do a podcast we're doing our best we have a funny accent that's about it that's kind of our thing yep that's okay but we try hard it's all good yeah all right well with that john john do you want to take us out sure If you like this episode about awesome pirate ladies, then you can give us a five-star review and subscribe to see more crazy awesome people and just enjoy our fun time and weird conversations. If you have any suggestions for us, you can send it to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash vice, as well as on our Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is vice, and Instagram is podcast. But you can also support us on patreon.com slash file and vice and maybe get a few more tidbits, a couple of outtakes, a couple more stories that disturb me on an internal level. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you and let us know if you can think of something that you really want us to cover. We'll give it a try at the very least. So thanks for listening. I've had fun. 
I did too. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you later. Bye. Toodles. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.